Back here on Locked On Coyotes, we're in the home stretch. Less than 20 games left to go for the NHL season. So we're going to talk about things we're going to pay attention to as the Arizona Coyotes season begins to unravel. All that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That is Carl Pavlik on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. I want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Coyotes your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. To those who join us on our video podcast to see our beautiful faces, we really appreciate you joining on here as well. I also want to make a huge shout out to Carl Pavlik. I before recording and even before we hopped on today, I did a little check. Carl, this is 100 episodes for you. Ooh, fancy. Uh, you told me that was coming up. I, I, I didn't realize it was this one. That's cool. Yes, it's 100 episodes for you. I had to do a little math because obviously there were some times in which I was on, you weren't, you were on, I went, I, so I had to calculate that. But 100 yeah. episodes today for, for co-host Carl Pavlik. 200 for me will be coming up pretty shortly. I'm excited for that one. But exciting yeah. time. It's a it's an exciting time, and we got we got plenty to talk about today. Absolutely, today we are talking about things to pay attention to as the Arizona Coyotes season begins to uh, reach its end. Again, we got about what nineteen games left, or something like that. Less I than twenty so, yeah. games. Less than twenty games left. So, um, pretty much the Arizona Coyotes season pretty close to ending. We're gonna pay. You're gonna talk about things to watch out for. So let's start with the first, Carl. Let's start with. Um, the surprising resurgence of offense from the Arizona yes. Coyotes because the beginning of the season, there was no offense. And nope. now there is a lot. <laughs> the, uh, this has definitely been a busy month of March for the Coyotes. Uh, in no way consistent. Uh, so do not expect the Coyotes to, to be a high offense team moving forward. Uh, even for the season, I think it's going to quiet down a little bit, and we're starting to see that already. But we have seen the Coyotes like show some like surprisingly good skill. Uh, they are much more comfortable going to the front of the net. Uh, they're getting in pucks. They can capitalize on their chances. It's just a lot of really good things to see. The team as a whole is is pretty weak, but there's a few players who are making good individual you know efforts and having good seasons, which is what we wanted. Absolutely, it is what it is what we wanted, right? You know, we want we want this team to learn as this as the season progresses, and I, like, and they're definitely doing that. They're they're figuring things out with themselves, and it's you know, and it's obviously, and it and it's very obvious. Um, and I think part of me wants to believe that this offense resurgence might have been because of it is the month of March. And if you are a sports fan, you just know that even though it's that usually only applies to college basketball, there's just things just don't make sense in March. Yeah, it, it could be that uh, it's a it's a weird time. Like, I'm sure if you're a professional athlete, even in hockey, especially this year, 
like you're approaching the March month of March as like a oh trade deadline's going to be this. That's in my head. Like so, there's definitely a lot that's kind of going on for everyone, and it it could be contri- like a contributing factor. Uh, I I do think that one of the things that you know really makes me excited about the Coyotes offense is that the top line of Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, and Travis Boyd, like they've been playing extremely well together. And those are all players that are signed, you know, beyond next season. So hopefully the Coyotes can at least have one consistent line next year, which they did not have uh, going into this year. Like everything had like been split up. Like everyone had to rebuild chemistry with each other. Like even Keller and Schmaltz, they were barely played together um, under coach Rick Tockett. This is like their first time being like a full-time line. So I do think that that's going to make things a little bit easier. And I think that's, you know, I think that's a lot of thinkers. Rick Tockett was not afraid to change things up way too much. Yeah. Right. Way too much. And like, as an example, like let's look, let's look back to last season for a sec, just to say, to give you an example. Um, Because last season we had a, a pretty, you know, high offense line and then only one line in the short leash line. Yep. Um, and that was about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I do think it's very telling that the one line, the Coyotes most offensive line was named after the fact that they do not have like a lot of opportunity to like make mistakes. And I, I understand that, especially the team was in a more win now mode. Uh, I, I do think, uh, Tockett was coaching for his job, uh, not necessarily with the Coyotes, but with another team. Uh, and that may have influenced his, some of his deployment strategies. It's understandable. Uh, it's never a situation that either of us have been in, so I don't want to comment too much on that. But like when you take the Coyotes' like most offensive pieces and you're like, yep, they're on a short leash, that really sends a message to just everyone involved. Like, don't make mistakes. And I do think that is why the the team elected to go with a a coach who's more experienced coaching younger players who are going to make mistakes. So, like, you have, like, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. You're like, yeah, you can make a couple of mistakes. It's understandable. It's the season. But also players coming up, like, you know, Jack McBain just signed a deal. Barrett Hayton this Mm -hmm. year. Victor Sosham probably next year. Like, these players need room to grow and part of that's done in the developmental leagues, but part of that's done in the NHL. A lot of it, like, cause it, here's the thing that I like to think about that is because the Tucson Roadrunners, the AHL, the other developmental leagues, like, you know, they, they definitely do a lot. And you said, but, but things don't, tra- they don't always translate a hundred percent to, to the NHL. Cause that is the show. Yeah. And so like, you have to be able to, you know, ha- you know, have that, you know, be able to adjust to that pretty well. And it's take it's gonna take a few games. It's gonna take a few games um, to really adjust to that. And um, and and I think that is where most experience actually happens. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm 100 percent with you on that. Yeah. And, and I do want to point out just because we are talking about the Coyotes' offense, uh, they already have two 20 goal scorers um, in Clayton Keller and Lawson Kraus, who got his 20th very recently. They're about to get another. Nick Schmaltz has 19. Um, Keller is probably going to hit 30 because he's posted at 27 right now with 19 games left to go. So like 
these are players who we expect are going to be around for a while, and they are just like hitting offensive heights that they have yet to have before. And that's just really exciting. It, it does kind of go to show that the team did a good job in at least recognizing these talents um, early on. And just imagine how things are going to look like when, you know, when, when Barrett Hayton gets his bearings, when, when, um, when Dylan Gunther takes it, um, you know, breaks into the league. Like, yeah. And it's also just like very important to have multiple lines because sure teams know that if you shut down the, the Keller Schmaltz line, like the Coyotes maybe have Lawson Krause, Phil Kessel for like secondary offense, but not too much beyond that. But if it's a situation where you're like, Oh yeah, we shut down the Keller Schmaltz line, but the Gunther McBain, uh, uh, in line is tearing us apart. Like you got to spread things out a little bit more. Um, which is something that, you know, you see with top heavy teams, it's been a, you know, a, it was a consistent, uh, complaint against the Colorado avalanche against the Edmonton Oilers. Like there are definitely reasons why the Coyotes offense is going to get better as it's able to spread out a little bit more. Absolutely. We still got more to get to though, on this episode of locked on Coyotes, we talked about offense, but um, let's talk about another thing to pay attention to um, in just a little bit. We're going to talk about special teams and a couple other things in just a moment. But first, a quick word from Carl. So I have a friend's, or a message from our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. Kind of like what we talked about last segment. For all the odd, latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. That's why we always refer to BetOnline when we're talking about games. Uh, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. I want you to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Real quick, speaking of that uh, that college basketball tournament, Sweet 16 starts tonight. Bear down, go Cats. They play today. Oh, yeah. And uh, Frozen 4 is also happening today. You can see some Coyotes prospects in it. Uh, I believe... Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, who- who is going to be doing it today? Uh, either way, you get to see some Coyotes prospects. The Coyotes have been getting a lot of NCAA talent, so definitely get that to watch on ESPNU. I believe I saw some tweet out. Something around there, I believe, yeah. You, for university sports, it makes sense. Uh, Usually the smaller university sports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Anyways, though, let's get back to the Arizona Coyotes, though, um, because we're talking about things that we're paying attention to as the season unravels to the end. And we talked about offense, but let's talk about something, that, something that's still glaringly a problem. And it's been a problem for over 60 games, Carl, and that is special teams. Yep. Uh, the Coyotes have the second worst penalty kill in the league, uh, ahead of only the Vancouver Canucks. They have the third worst power play in the league, uh, 0.1 ahead of both the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, not great numbers. 
And it's something where we're seeing a little bit of improvement on the power play. Uh, the Coyotes aren't going like games without going getting a power play goal as much anymore, but not nearly enough. I think this is going to be a, a consistent problem. And I do kind of wonder if it's going to require a coaching change to make the adjustment in the offseason or if player personnel is going to be enough to swing that. Yeah, I really have to figure out. I mean, maybe it's – I don't know. It's, there's got to be something. There's it, it, Whether it is a coaching personnel or, like, maybe, like, bring up um, – I think who, who does the power play in – Tucson. I think it's Steve Potvin. I think Potvin does the power play in Tucson. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe like have him during like a camp or whatever, and be like, "Hey, let's work on some power play." You know, like. and, and, and it's something we see like a lot in sports. Usually, like when a team does a like they replace their head coach, they will often leave the assistant coaches in place. Assistant coaches tend to run the special teams, um, and then after the first year if the team wasn't successful, like one of the moves that is available for the head coach is bringing in their own personnel. And that's just kind of a way to reestablish authority in the locker room and just all of that kind of fun stuff. There's lots of reasons why teams do this. So it could be like bear is working with like leftovers from the talk at time. And there is a lot he, that's newer, but still, yeah, there is a lot of leftovers still. Yeah. And like even when the team was objectively better, I don't really think Tocket had a lot of great like special teams. Like no. not not in recent years. Like the Scott Allen uh, penalty kill, <laughs> one of the best things I believe that was under Tocket. I think in his first that was year. Under- that was under Tocket, yeah. I think it's yeah. um, the second but, year, something like that. But 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 since then, like not really. So I, I do kind of wonder if it's just a carryover. But the Coyotes have crap offense and crap defense um, for most of the season. So I definitely think that player personnel is a major factor. That's the thing. Uh, it's never just coaching or players. It's always some combination of both. Because I... Um, I remember there was a discussion about, um, you know, whether or not Christian Fisher should be should be, should be a penalty kill specialist, and it's like, and it's you, you really got to look at some of the you know you know some of the player person and be like, is this person the right fit <laughs> in their um, in their respective special team spot? But and, and I did think that Fisher was doing an okay job last year as a penalty killer. I thought that was like him taking a step forward in his game. Uh, and then this year, I just haven't really noticed him that much. Like, it, it seems like he maybe took like a step back or just isn't a great fit with this system. I I, I don't know. I really don't. Like, I, I want Christian Fisher to succeed. And it just I never seems all, to happen. I think we all do. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, for... For him being a Tucson Roadrunners alumni, you know, like you always want to see those who grew within the system. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Especially because like so often, and as we've seen this year, like Lawson Krauss grew in the system and has just suddenly emerged this year looking and playing some of his best hockey. I think we all kind of like have hope that Fisher's going to have a bounce back here. Uh, and it just hasn't really happened yet. 
it hasn't um like and unfortunately i think what's gonna hurt from him for him is he is on a contract year yeah i mean he is a he is restricted free agent but he is arbitration eligible so like i kind of wonder if the team's gonna trade him uh i thought he may go during the trade deadline but maybe like trading his rights or a sign and trade this year who can say I, I i do not expect him to get necessarily a lengthy contract if he gets one with the coyotes not not based off how he's gonna play like maybe um maybe he might get a show me deal but even then like obviously we're talking a real show me deal not a not a <laughs> uh um not, not a but um i'm blanking on his name right real quick um john shake show me a deal those are oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no uh i i do kind of wonder um because i think there's going to be like some pretty substantial changes do you think clayton keller is going to be a penalty killer next year that's a good question um it's hard to it's hard for me to think about it as clayton keller's penalty killer because you know for himself as a you know as a you know pretty high powered offensive winger, like I think of him, like I think of him fit more with the power play yeah. than anything. But especially like an undersized winger, winger too. Like not yeah. necessarily a penalty killer, but I, I don't think he's looked horrible like on the on the PK this year. Um, it, it's definitely like was a bit of a novelty at first, and then it was like, do the Coyotes not have the personnel to staff an effective penalty kill? Short answer, uh, no, no, they do not. Um, <laughs> but I think they are going to get like a little bit better in this offseason, and maybe, in which case, maybe you don't put Clayton Keller on there. Or has he done enough? Has he has he played enough on the on the penalty kill to kind of earn that right? It'll be interesting to see. Let's also not forget of all the players that are on the injured reserve mm. um, <laughs> and the players that they eventually – we'll get back. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, um, who knows what the deal with Andrew Ladd's going to be when he comes back, you know, or, or, or Dimitri Yushkin, if they decide to, if they decide to, um, you know, sign him again, same uh, thing, same thing goes with, uh, Connor Timmons and Liam O'Brien, like Timmons, of course. Yeah. Uh, Liam O'Brien. Uh, yeah. Uh, although he he tends to spend quite a fair bit amount of time in the box, so he doesn't kill. Yeah. Um, uh, the big one I'm kind of interested in, uh, and this goes more towards like the end of the year, which is what we're talking about. Uh, Jay Beagle looks set to return, and I believe is going to be joining the Coyotes on their three game Canadian road trip. So like he was definitely a big center, and. Uh, someone on the on the penalty kill. Like I think the the team purposefully acquired like defensively sound ish veterans for that very reason. Yeah, and I think that's um, you're probably going to see a lot more of that as the offseason goes because um, Beagle is is a going to be a UFA. Roussel is going to be a UFA. Erickson's going to be a UFA. Erickson- Erickson. So those three players that they got is going to be a UFA, and they were mainly cap dump players. Yeah. And, and do they like get more cap dump? Uh, do they sign like veterans to deals? I, I'm I'm kind of curious because it seems like the Coyotes are definitely going to have 
know, opportunities to get a little bit better with their core, but still pick up some contracts that will, you know, allow them to weaponize their cap space. Yeah, they'll they'll work with that. Um, they'll work with what they can get, get cap dump, but also do it similar to what they did at the Vancouver thing and get roster players because, yeah. but they want to try to, you know, get people who are healthy because who are, who have a healthy track record, I should say, because we don't want to deal with this again, where they had to call up 15 different Roadrunners players in and out. Yeah. Uh, the, the team did acquire Brian Little uh, as part of the deal to get uh, a college prospect. I, I do not see them doing a lot of those types of moves. Like you said, I think they're going to get like, like Brian they did Little this past year. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, I think the acquiring Brian Little's contract was that was like the first time they actually acquired somebody who had like has not played in like years. Yeah, at least under Armstrong, he he does things a little bit differently. Just acquiring o- overpaid players who can still play. We saw that in Gosses Bear. We saw that in Erickson and in Beagle, and it turns out we saw that in Lad. Who'd have thought that he could still play? I know we like. Because but when, thinking, keep in mind before the season we were discussing that right we were like yeah. does he even play yeah and uh, he proved us both wrong uh, he he's currently hurt uh, it'll be interesting to see if he plays next year but I I don't see any reason why he couldn't let's one thing to to know about that though let's hope he does play at least one game yep. In next in next year's season, that way they get that second round pick, um, or that third round pick from uh from New York in twenty twenty three. Yeah, that was like I I can never remember if that's second or third round, but yeah, uh, hopefully at least suits up for one. You know, inaugural game of the season, then maybe retires, uh, or plays the full year because, like I said, he surprised us once before. Who's to say he can again? Absolutely. So I got more to get to though on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to discuss um, one more thing to keep an eye out for as this season comes to an end. All that and more on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. And we're back here on Lockdown Coyotes. Once again, Robin Leano and Carl Pallick, we are getting ready for the end of the season. Well, close to the end of the season. We're 19 games left. Yeah. Um, so we are more than three quarters of the way through. We are in the home stretch. Um, we discussed offense and we discussed special teams. But now let's go to another thing. A a bright spot, as we'll say, for the Arizona Coyotes, and that's goaltending. And it's amazing, Carl, for goaltending because it seems to me that like even if there's some shaky bits, no matter what the Coyotes do with goaltending, they just do well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they have excellent goaltending development. Uh, I, I think the Coyotes have had that for a very long time. And it's surprising because they have changed like every single element of their front office. And yet they keep like they know that goaltending is important. Like you can always count on the Coyotes to have competent goaltending. And it's amazing because, because again, like you said, you know, they changed the front office. They changed a lot of their personnel. Um, you had the entire trifecta of last year gone. Yep. And, and 
comes at the beginning of the season, it was just um, Vemelka and Hutton. Yeah. Got injured early on, and he didn't do so hot. But then in comes Scott Wedgwood. He does he does pretty well enough on the, in a tandem with Vemelka. Wedgwood gets traded, and then you have uh, Harry Sateri, like who come in, who is um, pretty proven, right? Yeah, uh, he he is like Vemelka. There's a lot of question marks there. I think there's always questions on you know how well overseas success can translate to to North America, but uh, it's it's definitely like an interesting player. I do kind of wonder like, hey, if he does well this year, can the team re-sign him? He didn't sign with the Coyotes, so like there's a chance he's like, nah, I'm out. But you know. It's not out of nothing the picture, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 within the realm the realms of possibility. Plus, I I still think we're wondering like if Prosvitov is going to make his NHL de- like full time debut like soon. That's another good question. Um, as of, as it stands right now, of course, Prosvitov is still down in Tucson with uh, with Yosef Kozhenosh on emergency loan with the Coyotes. Still, yeah. so like. And, and Kojinash is going to be doing backup for the three-game road trip uh, per Craig Morgan because uh, Satari is dealing with some immigration issues, I guess. If you plan to go to Canada and you end up in America, like I imagine like you have to do a lot more paperwork. Well, I think um, – well, yeah, obviously you have to go a lot of paperwork. But like I feel like immigration is an issue for a lot of players have, you know, when they get traded or whatever because to come down – on either side of the border. Yeah. I mean, especially in our current year of uh, 2022. Yeah. That, that's, uh, there's a lot going on right now for like a lot of reasons why they're like, yeah, let's make sure immigration is uh, monitored uh, a bit more. You know, there's the war, there's the virus. It's, it's, it's all great times. Yeah, but, um, it's interesting to see, though, um, how goaltending has been for the Coyotes as, as, we're, as we're talking about, though, because, um, because you know, Presvatov, he's had good, sh- somewhat good showings when he gets called up, but he gets thrown to the wolves, so you'd never get, like, a full understanding. Yeah, uh, I believe one of the things that we talked about um, was the fact that... There was a, a way the Coyotes could split up games where he got to face the Montreal Canadiens, like, a, and it was like his first time he would have gotten to face like relatively easy competition, and they didn't. Uh, and the Coyotes won that game, so I'm not going to say they made the wrong call, but there's not been an opportunity for Prosvitov to really show what he can do. Um, the great thing about the end of the season, when no one really cares, though, is maybe you do bring him up for a couple games and show what he can do. Um, the team could absolutely like the third to last game, like, just have him in net and be like, okay, let's, let's see. And we could kind of find out and he can know more about what he needs to work on in the off season. Um, goaltending is definitely, it's less of a question mark now because we signed for three more years, but there's still a lot of question marks for it. And we can hopefully learn more as the season comes to an end. Um, I'll be interesting to see though how how all that works, right? Because you know, um, is who ends up being Vemelka's tandem, 
um, you know, in the in in the years to come, and how and and how well it works. Because if it's if they've been working so far, I think no matter who you put there, they're gonna do at least a half decent job. Yeah, uh, I I would think so. Um, although. The, let's be fair. The Coyotes will have a lot of games where they give up a lot of shots. The Melka has had three forty-five plus save games. Scott Wedgwood had one. Like so, it's it's definitely not the easiest thing being the Coyotes goaltender. Scott Wedgwood didn't he get his like the day before he got traded? I believe so. <laughs> uh. Yes, because it would have been against Pittsburgh. He was back up against San Jose. And then they said, like, immediately after the game, they had been traded. I was trying to remember the timeline of that. But, but yes, the day prior was when he got his first 45 save name. And it's, I'm not sure how to say it, but, like, I think it is an unfortunate to see it, but at the same time, also fortunate that you're going to see that you're gonna see more of these games right yeah. we're gold we're an arizona coyotes goaltender is gonna have to save a lot of shots yeah um and during the rebuild you just expect it like unfortunately it's gonna happen yeah it, it's gonna happen you're gonna get blown out a couple times you're going to get blown out a couple times and still find a way to win somehow uh it, it happens Goaltending has stolen more than just a couple, a handful of games for the Arizona Coyotes, and it's been amazing to be honest. Like, it has made me excited for some of these games, right? You know, um, the games against Toronto, right? You know, yeah. and those, and those ones, you know, and a, um, you know, the what forty six game save shutout against Winnipeg, like. It just yeah. makes things so freaking fun. You're just like, oh my god, like what are they doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely if nothing else, you want your goaltending to at least give you a chance to win. And uh the coyotes skaters are definitely taking advantage of that because their goaltending has been giving them lots of chances to win games that they absolutely have no business winning. And the month of March is is was a uh, I guess a thank you card to the goaltending <laughs> in a little bit. Even though they let even though they let a lot, there's like you know what we're gonna try to score a lot too. That way it's yeah. At, at least they didn't have to worry too too much about the score. Uh, I I do not think that those were well played games. Uh, no, no. So goaltending but... probably still wasn't that happy, but at least the Coyotes are getting some offense now. Exactly. But that is going to be it for this episode. We're going to probably discuss more things of the Arrows and the Coyotes season, other things to pay attention to, probably prospects even include too, as it get, as we get closer to the season ending. All that and more um, later this, um, you know, this month, later next month. But that's going to be it for this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockdownCoyotes, on Instagram at LockdownCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Kyle Pavlik is Kyle Pavlik FFH. 
once again, thanks everyone for joining us on this episode. Congratulate Carl once more for 100 episodes with Lockdown Coyotes. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.